The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus spoke to his disciples about the end which is to come. In those days, after the time of suffering, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds and the ends of the earth from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. The Gospel of the Lord. As we come to the end of the liturgical year, next week is the Feast of Christ the King. Our readings focus more and more on the end times and on the second coming of Christ. And so this is just a few verses from uh, Mark 13, but the whole chapter of Mark is rich in symbolism on the, the, end, the end times that Jesus is speaking of, and he's speaking in very symbolic language. And so I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I just wanted to focus on just the two verses that the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. If we were to read this as materialists, which most of us are basically materialists, it's the culture we grew up in, it's the, the air we breathe here, that we think about things in a very scientific way. And so we read this and we think, okay, well, Jesus, maybe he's talking about, you know, asteroids coming from from the sky, and so when the asteroids hit the earth, then there's a great cloud of, of dust, and that darkens the sky, and the stars are falling, and the moon is dark. Okay, well, maybe. Or maybe it's a nuclear war, and all the missiles and bombs falling from the sky, the stars falling from heaven, and then, once again, uh, the cloud that's produced darkens the sky. Maybe, maybe Jesus is speaking this way, and it you know, could be, part of it, but it's definitely not the, the core, it's not the primary meaning that Jesus is speaking of. He's speaking in symbolic language, and the sun and the moon and the stars, they symbolize their primary meaning is what is most meaningful, what is most significant. What dwells in the heavens is most meaningful. God is most meaningful. Uh, the moon is an image of Mary, the stars are images of the saints, our teachings, our traditions, uh, family, life, uh, the sacraments. But it's also what is most meaningful to the individual. So what is my own personal sun? What is my own moon? What are my stars? If I think about it on an individual level, 
if I live just for pleasure, if what's most important to me is pleasure, then maybe uh, food, maybe entertainment, maybe hockey are my sun and moon and stars. And so what happens if these things are taken from me by illness, if I lose my sight, I lose my hearing, I've, I lose my ability to walk, or I lose these different things through illness or accident, uh, what happens to my sun and moon and stars? They fall from the heavens. They're no longer there. I no longer have access to them. And so my world goes dark. This darkness is a symbol of death. The sky goes dark. The sun and the moon fall from the sky. If we think about it at a more communal level, what is the most important thing? What is the sun and moon and stars for a city? If we look at most major cities, at the center, some are entertainment, they're arenas, but the biggest buildings in most cities today are the head institutions for their banks, for investment, for insurance. These are the core of our cities. What happens when the economy fails? If our economy collapses, the sun and the moon and the stars fall from heaven. These things go dark. And for most people, money is, is their god. And we lose meaning. What's most meaningful falls from the heavens. And it's at that level, that's one of the significance, one of the significations that Jesus is speaking at. Because he's speaking to a Jewish audience, and uh, they've just asked him, in a few verses earlier, the apostles are asking him, well, what do you mean by the destruction of the temple? And so he is talking about the destruction of the temple. The temple was the center of the Jewish life. It was literally built as a microcosm of the universe. Within the temple, there's all this different symbolism of the sea and the stars and the sky, and God is at the center. God is, temple is God's dwelling place. And so just a few decades after uh, Jesus says these words, and after Jesus sends him to heaven, the, Roman, the Romans destroy Jerusalem. The Romans uh, put Jerusalem under siege, about a million Jews died in the battle, and the Romans destroyed the temple. So for the Jewish, the ancient Jewish people, 2,000 years ago, it was the end of their world. The sun and the moon and the stars fell from heaven, and life was made dark. We can also think about it on a global level. We think about where our world is today. In 1882, Nietzsche made the famous claim, he wrote, that God is dead. God remains dead, and we have killed him. Now, is God actually dead? No. But he was saying that the people at that time, many people, no longer believed in God. He didn't believe in God. So, as far as the world, as far as those people were concerned, God is dead. They were no longer living as though there was a God, and they were trying to create a world without God. They were trying to create a world without religion. And the paramount example of this is communism in its manifestations in the Soviet Union, in China, in Cuba, in North Korea still today, that communism sought, still seeks, to kill God, wants to remove God from people's lives. And so wherever the Soviet Union uh, took over, that's what they did. Anyone who believed in God, anyone who still tried to teach about God, they killed. Uh, they removed symbols, they removed everything. They were trying to eradicate God from the world. And so places, in those places, God was dead. 
And so Soviet Union didn't conquer the world. We still live in a democracy. And yet communism, neo-Marxist, atheist ideology has still spread and is still very present in our culture. We think about different manifestations in our own world today. Um, think about, uh, well, I'll just go through some examples of how we, maybe many people still say that they believe in God, but do they actually act as though they believe in God? What uh, Pope St. John Paul II called practical atheism. People say they believe in God, but they don't really believe in God. And so what's most meaningful has fallen from the heavens. In the Protestant Reformation, Protestant revolt, uh, they got rid of Mary. Mary is not there. The moon is gone. They got rid of the saints. The stars are gone. They got rid of some of the sacraments. They got rid of holy orders. They got rid of marriage. They got rid of the Eucharist. Uh, and so these stars have fallen from the heavens. And you think about the current crisis today in the priesthood. The priesthood is meant to be an image. It's meant Christ, through the sacrament of holy orders, is present in the priest. The priest is meant to be uh, a son, a son for the people, a son of God, Christ present to his people. And yet, because of the sins of so many priests, because of the sins of bishops, how many people today see the priest, see their bishops as a sun or a star, someone they look to for light? Not a lot in the world. Think about uh, marriage and the family and the state of marriage and the family today. That marriage, this institution, a man and a woman together promise to love each other for life is meant to be an image of God's love for his people and yet more than 50% of marriages end in divorce and more so and more so my generation people aren't even bothering to get married. They don't see the point of marriage. Why would I get married? It just seems to bring pain and suffering. I can just go for the things that I want. I can just focus on pleasure. Why would I want marriage? And you think part of the root of that, the sin of contraception, that contraception is literally the fear of life. Life is the beginning gift, the first gift that we receive, life. Contraception is fear of life because we fear what it's going to take from us. If another child comes into the world, that's going to cause, it's going to require sacrifices. And when contraception fails, then where has our society turned? Some people, of course, they'll still accept life, they'll still embrace life if contraception fails, but many people turn to abortion. Since abortion was made legal in Canada roughly 30 years ago, there's about 100,000 abortions in Canada each year. So in my life, 30 years old, that's three million people that are missing because our society is afraid of life. Our society has tried to kill life. Three million people just in the past 30 years are missing. Just in our country. <laughs> There's other countries that are even worse. You think, what does that mean for our society if we're willing to kill off a whole generation of people so that we can hold on to our pleasure, hold on to our money, hold on to our entertainment? So yes, things Things are dark today. It is, it is dark. The sun and the moon, the stars have fallen from the sky in many ways. So what do we do? Where does that leave us? Well, the very next verse that Jesus says is, Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds 
with great power and glory. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus, the Son, died on the cross, uh, the scriptures tell us that the sun went dark, literally, that there was, the sun went dark. So nature reflected the spiritual reality of what was going on. Man killed God, and the world goes dark. And yet, on the third day, Jesus rises from the dead. And that's what happens on the individual level. When we've made other things our idols, and then they fall from the sky, they fall from our sky, we go into darkness. But that's, that's the moment where we're called to repent. And when we repent, then there's a resurrection, and we're given new life. When society has made other things its God, and those things fail, they go into darkness, but it's an opportunity to repent. And so we're at that moment, we're at an opportunity to repent. And what do we do on an individual level? We turn to the sacraments, we go to confession. Uh, we just look, just look at the structure of our church to know what it is we're supposed to do. When we come into the church, we see the crucifix, the sun, literally at the focal point of the church, surrounded by the saints. We have a tabernacle set as the center. And so if we want to know what to do in our own lives, we come to the church. This is why people can't say they're spiritual but not religious. Anyone who says they're spiritual but not religious has made something else their God. They've made themselves God, they've made something God. You can't be spiritual and not religious. We need the place. This is where we come in order to be focused. This is where we come to find the sun. And you think about the Mass the Eucharist, when the priest raises the host. It's no accident that the host is round. It's no accident that the sun rises in front of you. It's no accident that the chalice is made of gold and shines like the sun raised above you. This is where we find our hope. This is where we find our strength. So yes, things get dark, but when we stay focused on the sun and the moon and the stars, core of our faith, then we know there will be a resurrection.